Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday a Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or the script writer for Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, I love that show, uh, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday a Monday. And with me in the podcast studio today is a friend of mine I've known for quite a few years. He's the pastor of biblical counseling at Canyon Hills Community Church in Bothell, Washington. He's a husband, he's a father, and his name is Mr. Ben Marshall. Ben, thanks for being on the podcast with me today, man. Oh, you are welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It took us a while to get here. A couple reschedules, <laughs> scouring did. the church uh, for headphones, but we made it, right? <laughs> Who would have thought finding headphones with an actual jack would have been a, a chore? You know, but, yeah. it's 2019, man. You, you, you're just not with the times, right? <laughs> as, as I'm here with a with a jacked pair of headphones. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, ben, before we kind of just get into what we want to talk about today, give me just a short bio yourself. Tell me... It's kind of about about who you are, what you do. Um, I swear every time I log on to Facebook that your your beard is another foot longer and you have another kid. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> two, yourself, two things that continue to grow. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, just kind of uh, long story short, my dad was a chaplain in the military. And so every two or three years I was bouncing around. And um, but he landed in Bremerton, Washington, when I was 16, and then decided to keep us there. And so he just bounced from ship to ship in order to to ensure that we could stay in one spot uh, as long as possible. So uh, that's kind of uh, in a nutshell how I grew up. But when I was 21, uh, married my wife Corey. Uh, I was 21; she was 19, and um, so we've been married for a little over 20 years, and we have seven kids. Uh, so that is a whole lot of kids. My uh, goodness. Love it, yeah. Uh, our oldest, Maddie, she's 17. And so and then it goes down. Belle's 15. Luke's almost 13. Uh, Titus is 10. Mac is 8. Finley is 2. And little Baylor is about three weeks old. Yeah, so. you just had a new one. Yeah. We did. Oh, man. We did. Good for you and, guys. Uh, thankfully, he is just going with the flow and fitting into the groove. So... Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, this could have been a sanctifying baby, or just a... yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's not he's not deciding <laughs> to be all all snowflakey and special, right? Yeah, he's just exactly. uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going with exactly. the group. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, you are the pastor of biblical counseling at Canyon Hills Community Church there in Bothell. Give us a, just kind of a little rundown of what that entails, what what that looks like throughout the week. Yeah, yeah. So my job has kind of morphed. I've, I've been here 11 years. When I first got here, it was uh, very much at 9 a.m. in the morning. You buckle up, you counsel all day long till 5, and you take a quick stretch, and then you, you teach at night. Um, so that was basically it. Uh, but it's morphed now to where I'm overseeing a lot of counselors. I've got about 34 counselors who are counseling throughout the week. But so, yeah, so basically Monday and Wednesday, I'm overseeing all the, the counseling stuff here. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I'm still sitting in the counseling seat doing it from about 9 to, to, to 5. Okay. Um, so you're counseling a lot, overseeing a lot of counselors. Uh, what is kind of on, on both sides of the, uh, the spectrum there? What's, what's the best part of that job for you? And then what's something that's, that you consider to be the hardest or perhaps most, most difficult? Yeah, so there's, there's two that kind of tie for the best part of my job. Um, one is watching counselees change. Uh, so the, mm. there's a moment when the, the light bulb goes on uh, and you, you can see it. And 
Um, whether it's the, the light bulb going on, or I, I guess if, if we get a little bit more biblical, the Holy Spirit opening up the eyes of the one sitting in front of me, however we want to say that, sure, the, yep, the yep, light that's goes right. on. The light, uh, the light does go on. Yeah, The light does go on. And, and after that, I mean, it, it's, it's bittersweet because you're working like mad to try and get him to that point. And then once it's there, it's sweet, but you know it's coming to an end pretty quick. There's there's still a, a few more weeks uh, that, that need to, to be poured into uh, making change permanent. Um, but it's, it's really easy after that. So that's one uh, best part of my job. The other best part of my job, and, and it's starting to maybe surpass the other one just a little bit, is when I watch counselors flourish. Uh, when... When the light goes on for them and, and confidence begins to grow just a little bit more and they're saying things like, this is the best thing in the world to watch God change somebody. Um, yeah. That is is right up there because now I know we're multiplying counselors and sure. uh, kind of fits in with my Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 motto of equipping the church. And, uh, and that's where my, my heartbeat is big sure. time. So. Yeah, the most difficult for you. Whew, yeah. Um, and I would say that's the depravity of the sin. Um, hearing that, uh, very few things now are shocking. Uh, I've mm. been doing this full-time for 11 years, and, and at first it, lots of things were shocking. Um, now very little is shocking, uh, but the consequences of the sin are still devastating and, yeah. um, and horrible. So, yeah. That's yeah. probably the, the hardest part of my job is hearing that and knowing that people are suffering due to their own own sin and the sin of those that they're connected to. You know, thinking of a wife and kids, uh, who the the husband gets wrapped up in whatever sin, and they're yeah. they're paying the price for it. So right, right. As someone who's full time in the biblical counseling arena, what would you say is one of the greatest misconceptions? of biblical counseling that either you've heard or perhaps that the church overall has of biblical counseling. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is diminishing a little bit more. I, I think, um, when I first hopped into biblical counseling back in 2001, um, it was a very lonely world and, mm-hmm. um, it, you had the world against you and you had at least the way I felt and what, what I experienced most of Christianity against you. Uh, because right. they perceive biblical counseling as, hey, you just you you read John three sixteen five times, uh, and you'll be all better, um, sure. or the you know the the proverbial just stop it kind of stuff, right, and, and, right, and so uh, it it wasn't taken seriously, and uh, I I was actually accused of hurting people uh, by not taking their suffering and their they they didn't call it sin but their their pain seriously. Um, so I, I think there still are some ramifications of that, and I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know who's going to be listening to this, but I, I, it has nothing to do with Jay Adams. It has everything to do with, with people who misread or um, who, who misused what he said, uh, sure. and, and then that spread like wildfire. You know? Just a very, a, very, uh, a very bad application Absolutely. of Scripture. Yeah. So here's, here's something encouraging, though. Um, yeah. is is uh, what we're doing here at Canyon Hills is catching the attention of the 
local agencies. We, we've actually had local judges come out to the Damascus House. A Seattle judge, not just a Bothell judge, but a Seattle judge, actually yeah. allows somebody from the court system to come to the Damascus House. And we've also had guys um, come through a counseling program, court-ordered, uh, for domestic violence. And so I, you know, I, I think the tides turn just a little bit i think from a secular perspective they just see this very pragmatic like what you're doing works and that's all we care about yeah (laughs) Um, right but uh we're seeing a little bit of a shift which is great no that's amazing well and that's that's yeah i didn't know that that's amazing that especially you have judges in the secular in the secular realm and it doesn't doesn't get a whole lot more secular than seattle uh (laughs) it does a little bit it does a little bit uh new york is on top of my head at the moment yeah yeah, uh, i think so i think so yeah yeah but uh sadly i don't know if seattle's too far behind that um so ben tell me tell me about how you came to christ if you had kind of a you know a conversion moment or if it was just kind of something gradual like me where you can't really pinpoint a date to where (laughs) The lights turned on, you know, yeah. um, tell me just, yeah, yeah. Walk me through how you came to Christ. Yeah. And so I have more of the gradual story, um, some key moments in that gradual story. And, and I remember when I was four, I was in my, my bunk bed. So this would be in Indiana. Uh, and I must have heard about hell either from Sunday school teacher. I don't think I sat in the service. Who, who knows? Anyways. Yeah. I, I do remember, um, Praying, God, I don't want to go to hell. Please save me. And so that's that's my first recollection of of reaching out to God at all. But it was mm-hmm. in eighth grade when I went to summer camp. That's where the gospel was clearly um, explained, and I remember understanding it for the first time for what it was. Uh, and so, if, if there was a salvation moment, it might have been that. Although I, I, I remember having just lots of good conversations with with my parents, and it could have been any step along the line. Uh, what's nice when you're a Calvinist um, is that it's all in God's hands. Uh, and so He called <laughs> the me. timelines yeah. just kind of blend it's, together. Exactly, it's like you, you've exactly. got from eternity yeah. past to now. It, you know, it exactly. all just kind of it's one thing. I, <laughs> yeah, my the the film strip of my life is finally caught up to God. God's plan, so to speak. Yeah, so, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, he was just looking down that corridor, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, when, and then when I was 19, I was uh, baptized. Um, I, I just had never had the opportunity. It wasn't that I was against it or anything like that, but I um, got to get baptized by my dad, which was great. Let's see, going to Canyon Hills there in Bothell, um, what's something about your church that one you you really appreciate that you really value um you know and and perhaps other ways to ask it is is what if you were a visitor at canyon hills today uh what would be one thing about your church that would make you stay so for me and i realize this is probably going to be a little bit on the subjective side you know everybody coming in has a little bit different thing that, that they're looking for but for me the one consistent thing through every single ministry is a commitment to the sufficiency of the Word of God. Mm. Um, yeah, worship might do things a little bit different than than what I would prefer. Steve's message, Steve is our senior pastor. He might say things a little bit different than what I would prefer. Children's ministry might do this or might do that. Youth ministry might do this or might do that. But they all all of our ministries funnel back down to the sufficiency of the Word of God, uh, and it, it's not just some. Uh, there's not just a, a bunch of Christian platitudes that that are are thrown out there, and then you get to defi- decide how you want to 
uh, put those into play in your life, but they're practically applied every single week. And, and so I very much appreciate that about the men that I work with and then the, the ministries that are run because of those men and their commitment to the Word of God. So I don't know if that's too general. No, but, no, no. I think that's actually actually more specific than, sadly, a lot of churches get today. I think you see, you see a lot of churches in America that will very quickly claim the Bible is authoritative, will claim that it's inspired. Right. But then that's where they stop for some reason. It seems like that's always where it stops is is they 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 don't take the jump then is if it is authoritative and it is inspired, it is actually the words of God himself. Why then would it not be sufficient? Why then are we sending our hurting? You know, I I just heard uh, something on online the other day is is, uh, churches need to be okay with not having all the answers. Uh, and, and churches need to be okay with with sending their sending their people to professionals, uh, and that broke my heart because what answer is there other than the gospel? Like yeah. what what is going to change somebody? What is going to bring that long lasting true healing other than the gospel? Why would you, especially if you are a leader in church, why would you be okay or comfortable with sending somebody away when you have the answers to eternal life? right in your hands. Yeah, absolutely. I hope yeah. churches, I hope we start to see kind of a returning back to the sufficiency of scripture, like you were talking about it. And yeah, what, what I'm noticing around us is not necessarily churches turning back to, but uh, almost a, um, a, a distilling down of, of churches that are committed to that. So churches that aren't are becoming something completely other than an evangelical church. Um, mm. and, and, and they, they don't like the name evangelical. They, they won't, they won't subscribe to any of, right. of the historic Orthodox doctrine. Christianity is a relationship, yeah. not a religion, right? Yeah, yeah. All that, all, all that kind of stuff. And so then those people that are at those churches then are, they, they leave and are finding other churches that are committed to the sufficiency of scripture. Um, mm. and so what at least that's just what I'm seeing as I'm talking sure. to people, as I'm watching different messages online, um, is churches aren't necessarily turning back. They're just becoming something completely different. And then those churches sure. that are committed are growing uh, because people are, are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that makes total sense when your foundation and the reason why you do something is something other than the word of God, you're going to be all over the place with doctrine, all over the place with reasons for ministry, with preaching. It's just going to, it's going to affect everything, right? Right. Um, so kind of kind of along that that same vein, um, you obviously serve in the biblical counseling ministry. Uh, you, you're in a larger church, so you have a lot of people serving in a lot of different capacities, um, both in the spotlight and out. When you think about work and service in the context of the local church specifically, but but also just in the regular workforce, how does Christianity and your view of God filter in and through that. Yeah, so um, Christianity is the filter, right? Uh, so I, I think whether you're paid to do ministry at the church um, or you are paid to do a job outside of the church, Christianity is the the filter. Yeah, um, and, and so I, uh, yeah, and just thinking through that. Um, I, I minister to people here at the church, um, when they 
arrive here, but the majority of people here at Canyon Hills minister at their jobs. Um, and, and so my job is to help equip them to do that job well. And, um, so I, it, it, how, how does, how does Christianity filter in and through it? I just think it, it becomes not trying to be cheesy or cliche here, but kind of the air that you breathe. It's mm. the, the identity that you have. Um, it's the, the mindset that you walk into your job with and, and, and it stands out uh, when it's authentic, when it's real. It it does stand out. In a lot of America, there can be the propensity to gravitate toward kind of a celebrity pastor model and mm-hmm. how like one guy is kind of the in and all of church. And uh, that obviously has a lot of problems with it, especially if the guy doesn't set up accountability around him. But I think something that it has the danger to do is that it makes those and causes those that are serving in the lower capacities or or, or the capacities that aren't in the spotlight uh, that service can be very unvalued yeah. or not valued, right? And you have a lot of people kind of getting dis, uh, uh, disenchanted with everyday service in the church because it's not seen as important perhaps from the pulpit or from the leadership. Or even if it is, perhaps the people that are serving don't uh, believe that it's worthwhile. Um, how would you counsel and encourage somebody in that? <laughs> yeah. I, I think my, my mind instantly wants to drift to 1 Corinthians 12. Um, you know where there there is no the, the body needs every single part of the body in order to function well. Um, now, whether or not that would suffice the person who who you know says, "Man, I I just don't feel like what I'm doing is is very valuable." It, it, that they might just need to be shown that um, and say, "Man, what you're doing is valuable," um, and then we can just practically talk about that, practically unpack that. Um, there's there's another side, um, and I don't want to try and be Counselor Ben here, but there's there, there's another side that could be prideful in that, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they're they they want the spotlight more than what they're they're given at that moment. Um, right. I, I I see that more often when guys come up and say, "Hey, I want to be an elder." Yeah. Okay. Are you serving anywhere? No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm a good leader. And, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I want to serve as an elder. That's, yeah, exactly. That's how I want to serve, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so there, there could be some of that. But I, I, I do understand, you know, the, the person who comes in and says, man, I really want to, to help people grow in their relationship with the Lord. And right now, all I'm doing is scrubbing toilets or all I'm doing is putting pencils in the back of, of, the seats or the pews, um, and, and and I I want to encourage them. Listen, the one who matters sees you doing that, and so yeah. let's let's commit to prayer that if he wants to use you in a different capacity, I wouldn't say better capacity or I wouldn't say a more valued capacity. I would just say different. Right. Um, exactly. If he wants to use you in a yeah. different capacity, then let's let's go to him, and let's ask that he would open up some opportunities for you. You know, to, to be able to serve in a, in a different capacity. And let's see what he does. But I think that's where I would start uh, with them and then kind of kind of go from there. But yeah, there is no more valuable, less valuable. I think there's more face time um, just because of what sure. you do. You know, senior pastor is obviously going to be known by way more people uh, than other parts of the body. Right. Um, How do you think church leaders... Uh, you know, those that are in leadership of their local churches should set the tone for that uh, because it obviously comes from the pulpit. 
it comes from the leadership and trickles down yeah. into into the body. How what should the tone be set for kind of the the attitude or view of Christian service in the church? See uh, what what I what I really enjoy about our senior pastor. He rolls up his sleeves. He'll he'll push a broom on the floor right next to our facility guys who yeah. are working right next to a volunteer. I mean, there there really isn't a job that's beneath him. Um, and then that filters that example from him filters down to the rest of us, guys. We are no we we are not beneath anybody here in the church. So if chairs need to be stacked. Make sure that you wear your grubby shirt on Monday morning because we're stacking chairs. What I'm getting from you is that the leadership, first and foremost, needs a spirit of humility. Absolutely. There needs to be there needs to be a Christ likeness there to to not only be willing to, but also find joy in getting down and washing the feet of those that need it. Absolutely. Right. Well said. Um, yeah. 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 And yeah. No, I completely agree. I think that is ultimately you can give lip service as much as you want to to oh we value the people here we value the you know the people that are you know cleaning the toilets and working in children's ministry and all that but it says so much more if you're actually the one getting yeah. down there and showing that you do appreciate it yeah. right Absolutely. um yeah no i agree 100% yeah. yeah so when you think about christians both that perhaps you know or that you've read or listened to when you think about christians that inspire you that really spark in you a desire to be more like Christ. What are the traits in those Christians yeah. that do that for you? So the, the the first thing I'm going to mention here, I'm going to sound like a broken record. <laughs> but Okay. No, um, that's all right. At the top of my list is a pure commitment to God's word. I mean, they, they, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't move off of that. That is their right. ground zero. Um, right. And, and so, you know, Guys that I've read and I, I highly value what they have written and what they have said all have a, a strong, strong commitment to God's word um, and, and not in a, a, a strong um, orthodox commitment to God's word, uh, realizing that we live in a crazy world where you've got people going, we don't even need the Bible anymore, but they say, you know, God's word right. says and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, right. I'm going we should, back we should to, unhitch ourselves from, you know, oh, either man. a one yeah. or a, the other testaments. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast probably. Uh, but, yeah, um, it is. Yeah. No, yeah. But no, the, you know, the, the 66 books comprising the old and the, the new Testament, a strong, strong commitment to that. Um, and a verse by verse, reading of that so in context um mm-hmm. not not making it say whatever you want it to say um so that's one uh second one is a strong commitment to biblically loving people no. uh, i have seen people who have a strong commitment to god's word who really could care less about god's people um sure and they're you know I, I i even worked for somebody once who you know when somebody would leave the church he would say up oh, he's he's going out from us because he was never part of us and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I hope you're not uh, quoting scripture on that one, or at least trying to, because that's yeah. not what Jesus was talking about there. Um, we need to, to run after those people and, and, and love them. But his thought was, no, 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 no. I just preach the, the word of God. Whatever they do with it is what they do with it. And I, I don't mm-hmm. see a, a shepherding, caring concern there. So the guys that I like, um, they strong commitment to God's word, strong commitment to loving people biblically. And then this last one kind of goes with what we talked about in the, the previous question that you asked, but it's a willingness to continue to learn and be humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and the senior pastor that I work for right now, he will come in and say, Ben, teach me. 
uh, help me understand this or help me understand. And it's not just me. I mean, he's got a whole lot of guys underneath him and he'll go to each one and say, help me understand this a little bit better. Uh, And and then professors that I highly esteem, they will, you know, I'll I'll go out to lunch with them and say, Ben, I have this question. I need your thoughts on this. I need your your wisdom on this. I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world? No, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to right. hear from that's you right. on this. It's like I was actually called this meeting for the same reason. Like, yeah. I needed your advice. <laughs> but that it, – it's one thing to say I'm humble. But for me, where I see that lived out is in a teachable spirit. Uh, they they never arrive. They're constantly searching and striving. Uh, and so those are three qualities that I, you know, I would say – uh, I I look for if, if if anybody kind of violates one of those, I kind of just put him into a different category and go. Hey, you probably have said some things that'd be helpful, but sure, sure. He was never really of us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I got to remember that. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah, I, yeah. I had I can to. Do it, all was, it, it was hanging it. there, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I I uh, I posted on Facebook the other day. I can do all things through a verse taken out of context, and that's yeah, right. That's so true. That's right, so man. True. Oh, we can anything we want to. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You got it. So, hey, um, what is one of the and I'm sure, you know, being in the counseling ministry, uh, you have lots of them and and I don't want you to divulge anything. uh, Yeah, divulge anything serious here. But what is one of the most unforgettable church experiences you have ever had? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I have one. I'm going to add another one here. So there's a great great. counseling one that I, I don't think anybody I mean. Yeah, this is just so generic, but it's kind of, kind of what I deal with. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and and somebody had called in claiming abuse. Um, this and this was a long time ago, and and I, of course, take it very seriously. Uh, and, and and he said somebody at your church who's abusing me, and I, I said, okay, I want to hear more about this. He said it's your, your your ladies out front. They they wear open toed shoes. Uh, and I said, Are they causing him to stumble. Yeah, and they 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 were causing him to stumble. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I'm being oh, punked no. right now. People this are going to pop out of the closet, and they're they're going to say, "Gotcha!" And it it never materialized. This guy was legit. He was dead serious. He was dead serious. Uh, and so trying wow. to minister when you've got that in your head going okay where's the you know where's the yeah where's the camera yeah so that that's one that stands out to me uh from a a counseling standpoint the 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 other one i and i'll never forget it and it really goes into uh, you you know i can do all things through a verse taken out of context um i i was in a church service uh listening to one of my professors and in the middle of his sermon he looks at me and he goes, Ben, what did you learn in class this week? And there's like 400 people. And I'm thinking, you in, in my head, you you want me to say one thing I learned this week? But he had drilled it into me. And he, here's what he said. A text without a context is a pretext for a proof text. And I so I just said it. A text yeah. without a context is a pretext for a proof text. And he said, good, I'm glad you learned that. And then just kept preaching. Like there was – it was random. It was like he hit the pause button and he thought – he and I were the only ones in the room. <laughs> Did he hit play and kept going? I was like, oh. oh, oh. Well, he know. probably thought he was going to gotcha. He was probably thinking, hey, this guy hasn't been listening at yeah. all. And I'm going to nail him right here. And then you did it. And he was like, ah, oh, crap. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that one stands out. Uh, I have never listened to him preach since. 
Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't go near near his pulpit or classroom. I'd be like, I'm going to get called out here. Yeah, and, love him uh, to I don't death. Know what but I'm going to say? Yeah. yeah, never listen to him <laughs> preach again. So. The sarcastic side of me is going to take over, and I'm going to say something really. Oh, I know. And get yeah, trouble, I know. Right? Uh, yeah, well, I, you and I both have probably have that uh, that that strain going through us. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. No, I have to be real careful on Facebook because sarcasm doesn't translate too well over text. No, I've found no, in my life. No, People don't get it. People just get mad at me. And, uh, uh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, hey, we are coming to the end of our time, and uh, okay. I want to throw some Monday hot takes at you. This is okay. where I ask you some random questions, and you tell Ooh. me the first thing that pops into your head. Okay, sounds good. You ready for this? Uh, All right. I All think right. so. We'll see. We're going we're gonna to live dangerous here. Uh, let's see. Favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie? Um, oh, why am I drawing a blank? It's, it's Rocket Man. Um, Rocket Man. Rocket okay. Man. Yeah, I, I, I Goonies okay. is out there, but no, it's it's either Rocket Man or Willy Wonka the original one. So the original. Oh are, man, that that yeah. gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Man, that is a that, drug trip of a movie. It is, especially <laughs> when they're on that little ship going through the tunnel and the chicken yeah, head and then like off the chicken head. Yeah. Oh man, and he starts like screaming and yeah. like doing his weird. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a classic. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Favorite band. Favorite band. Um, Christian or secular? Dude, I don't care. Favorite, favorite, man. Like, what are you listening to? Favorite. Beastie I, see, Boys? I, am, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm super eclectic. There are times where, yeah, I go back to old school 80s. Yeah. Yep. Um, but if I had to choose a favorite, um, right now, I'm digging Josh Garrels. I don't know oh, if yeah. you're familiar with okay. Josh Garrels or not. But, yeah, yep. just I, I, I dig an indie folk vibe right now. So okay. that's, All right. uh, yeah, Josh Garrels would be. Uh, All right. Well, they say yeah. the longer your beard gets, the more folk music you listen exactly, to. So yeah. if, if it keeps probably... going, you're just going to be listening. It's just going to be bagpipes. It, yeah, it's and just going to be bagpipes yeah. from the, and a banjo. <laughs> <laughs> Guys in overalls just that's playing right. playing yeah. the banjo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Ben. What is the worst book you've ever read? Oh, oh man. Okay. Uh, so you caught me uh, at when I had to do some critiques on books. Uh, so this Sweet. has got to be at the top, The Five Love Languages, worst book ever written. Oh, I, um, I so. cannot tell you how happy I am that you said that. <laughs> it I was will either going to be hate mail from or, people who – or, or Jesus calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so – but yeah, that's what I got to throw out there right now. Uh, uh, worst no, book. I'm, I'm – I'm down with that. That's okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is something about current Christian culture that is annoying to you? Uh, the lack of a backbone. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. There just is this go with the flow. Like if you got something to say, say it, and then let the uh, let the chips fall where they may. That's yeah. right. That's so. right. That's right. Just just preach truth, man. Right? Yeah. yeah I'm just right. gonna preach that's truth, right. and uh, yeah. yeah, they were never of us if they don't like it. They, they that's right. Yeah. Us. See, I I gave you something that you can use for a long time. I sure did, man. Look at that. Yeah, it's a great excuse too. It's like if anybody yeah. disagrees with you, I, they're not saved. Water off my back. I don't got to worry about that. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> What's one book that you're reading right now that you're really enjoying besides the Bible? You can't take the Sunday school answer. <laughs> the Bible. Um, yeah, so my favorite one that I just finished um, is The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. Um, outstanding oh, okay. book. Uh, I've on heard that one's good. Yeah, it's all about hospitality, um, and that is an area that I admittedly struggle with. Um, and as an elder, I should not struggle with it. That should be <laughs> – that's a defining quality of an elder. actually come into your office. Exactly, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um, – an outstanding book 
uh, from my perspective. And I'm seeing a lot of good stuff on social media about it, so I'm kind of excited mm-hmm. to to uh, get into that a little bit more. So, all right, all right. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. Star right. Wars. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What is the best advice you've ever been given? Oh man, <laughs> best advice I've ever. You could you, you could flip it around if you want and give me the worst advice you've ever been given. If if that's easier for you, I haven't oh. asked that one yet. I should probably ask that. That one might yeah. actually be more interesting. Let go and let God, Ben. <laughs> okay. Let go okay. Let... Yeah. <laughs> that that would be pretty bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did I just yeah. do it for you? <laughs> you? You did. And and I've been given that uh, bit of advice. Yeah. Just um, got to let God be God. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. A lot of those cheesy, uh, cheesy things. Pumper sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is my co-pilot yeah. sayings, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When you get into heaven, other than Jesus, of course, who is the, the one guy or gal you're running to to meet? So personally speaking, most of the people mm-hmm. that I love dearly are alive. So... Well, that's it's, awesome. That's I, it, awesome. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that, that 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 I want that to change at all. Um, so, it would probably be, it would have to be a like Spurgeon. Um, yeah, yeah, he's mine. Uh, yeah, I I have greatly grown from him. My beard's name is Spurgeon. That's the that's right. the endearing. <laughs> Uh, name it has its own beard. personality now. It yeah. does. It does. It gets me in trouble well, sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've got to tell you, Ben, I've been I've been accused of my love for Spurgeon. So I think I've said this on another podcast. So uh, so fiercely that uh, I've been told that when I enter into heaven. Christ is going to be standing there with his arms open to greet me, and I'm going to run right past him into the arms of Spurgeon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully and that doesn't happen. But yeah, I don't yeah. like that, and I'm starting to think that maybe I uh, I post more about Spurgeon than I should, but I'm not going to change. Just okay, I, there, there you go. Do you have a Spurgeon bobblehead? That's the question. I, you know what? <laughs> you don't have to a, answer that. That could be incriminating. Yeah. yeah, I've got, I've got some Spurgeon memorabilia around me right now that uh, yeah, I could give you a tour of. But uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll leave that one where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, hey man. Well, we've come to the end of our time. I uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast with me today, Ben. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, this has been good. Guys, you can head over to iTunes and leave a review and a raving five-star rating for us if you don't mind uh you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes google music youtube spotify stitcher kind of wherever you guys get your podcasts Uh, you can head over to the website right now it's joshloftus.com just because i'm vain and i very uncreative you can head over there for podcast info and show notes you can head to facebook.com slash everyday a monday podcast thanks again to ben for being on here with us thanks for joining us in the trenches and until next time we will catch you on the next step of everyday a monday